Successful people learn how to make their mind work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. couple of things that we need to know about goal setting. Most people are familiar with the idea of how to set a goal, but most people also don't achieve their goals. So there is probably something fundamentally incorrect about the way that we actually pick a goal and set a goal in order to achieve it. Today, I'm going to teach you the basic fundamentals of how to do that, along with the creative process, so that you can literally achieve any goal that you choose for yourself. The first thing to understand is that, and you want to make sure you write this down, goal setting is an intellectual exercise. Goal setting is an intellectual exercise. Goal achieving is a spiritual and lawful process. When we are kids, we have no problem fantasizing. And when we talk about fantasizing, what we're really doing is we're engaging the creative process with and through the human being. It's the side of us that has the ability to imagine. In other words, it's, it's really quite fascinating, if you will, when you think about with our brain, we have the ability to build any image that we can imagine inside of our mind. We can fantasize about any scenario, any situation, anything that we want to create. We don't have to have any relevant fact that it's even possible in order to create the image. We can just create whatever image, whatever movie we want, whatever fantasy we want in our mind. And as we build fantasies in our mind, our body will react to the fantasy or the use of our imagination. I'm going to get more into that in a little bit. But little children have no problem doing this. Kids do it all the time. It's a natural function that a child just slips into, and they're really creative little human beings. I mean, you don't have to give a kid a bunch of sophisticated toys that we have in today's day and age in order for them to engage their fantasy. If you probably remember when you were a kid, if you spent any time outdoors, you could fantasize about building a treehouse or going to another planet or playing different games in the yard or on the farm or in the city or on the playground, wherever you were raised, and you didn't need a whole lot of external things to engage in that fantasy. However, as we start to get older, we have to go through a process of learning how to adapt to the norms of society. And this starts right in kindergarten, right when we first start to go to school. Teachers or people of authority have to get us to learn how to function 
within time frames. Learn how to function different periods of learning throughout the day. To be able to multitask, to be able to go from one subject to another, to be able to move as a group, to be able to learn as a group, and to do this within time frames where everybody's basically moving at the same speed. What there is little time for in this process is daydreaming or imagining or fantasizing, something that children do very easily and have a tendency to do with constant regularity when they are involved in different activities that they have at school. So when a teacher begins to notice this, the one thing the teacher has to do is to correct this behavior in their mind and get the child to pay attention to whatever the curriculum is, whatever the norm is, and begin to adapt that child's thinking and behavior in order to follow the group. So we begin to learn at a very early age not to fantasize. And of course, anything that we stop doing, we become weaker at. We don't become stronger at doing that. Little kids also have the unique ability to ask for what they really want, at least for a short period of time. They don't think about judgment. They don't think about Is this me asking what I really want? Is this going to make somebody else uncomfortable? Is this going to challenge somebody's belief system? Is this going to offend someone? Do my parents have the ability to pay for this? They just imagine what they want and they ask for it. And they usually ask for it in great abundance. Well, again, just like fantasy, the child gets a very stern reaction when this is done too often, too grandiose, or if it does make somebody uncomfortable, they're taught very quickly, you cannot ask for everything that you want. And the message is, number one, stop daydreaming, pay attention. Daydreaming is immature. It's for little teeny kids. It's not for adults. And you cannot have everything that you want. Not only is it not realistic, it's irresponsible. So as we get older, we spend not only very little time working with fantasy and working with what is it that we really want in our life, but we also learn that it's not okay to visit these ideas, that it's uh, somehow immature or child's play to visit these ideas. So we start working with the lower four, plan, what I think I can accomplish, fact, and what I know. So let's take this idea. Pick something in your life that you're dissatisfied with. Let's take money. You know for a fact how much money you make. You know for a fact how much your bills are. You know for a fact whatever it is that you have achieved or accomplished in the past. You know that because it's a fact in your life. Now, this is important to understand because 
as adults, most adults, when they think about changing something, when they think about creating the life that they really want, their thought process is really based on what is realistic. And the first part of realistic is the word real. Real is based in fact. What are the facts of what is realistically or could be realistically accomplished in my life? What I think I could accomplish is really based on what I know, which is based on the facts that I already have in front of me. So if we want to create something new, if this is our thinking process, then immediately we go into the word plan, and we begin to plan for the new thing that we want. This is how almost everybody sets a goal. They don't even realize that they're asking themselves the question, what do I think I can accomplish? Now, that idea is based in a past or an old paradigm. It is based in a belief system of how to think about the success that you want, which has done nothing more than give you the current circumstances, the current results that you have. So we start to develop a plan based on that idea. The problem is, is the plan could give us something that looks a little bit different, but in its result or in its reality is parallel or equal to the things that we have already accomplished. There is not much difference in the idea because we're working with the same constraints or the the same paradigm that caused us to have the facts that we currently have in our life. It is a no-win situation, and it will not give us a quantum leap in our results. It will not give us a breakthrough. It will consistently give us more of the same. So the idea is that you don't work from these four ideas any longer, and we immediately go up and ask ourselves a different question. What do I really want? Now, that question is a lot different in its context than what do I think I can accomplish? What do I think I can accomplish, if you really look at the sentence, is based on whatever your thinking has been in the past. What do I really want is based on an idea that has probably always been there that never got addressed. Most of the time, when I ask people, what do you really want? They go to telling me what they need or what they don't need. And they'll say stuff like, well, I don't really need a big house. Or I don't really need a nicer car. I don't need to fly first class. I don't really need a lot of money. Well, when they say this, what are they really saying? Number one, they've learned how to live on a little. 
they've learned how to budget their way through their life. They have stopped acknowledging the higher side of themselves that has a natural and inherent desire to be more, to do more, and to have more, and they're settling for what they think they can accomplish. The interesting thing is, is that if you set a goal from what you think you could accomplish, generally, the limits are generational. If you look at why you would set a goal on based on what you think you can accomplish, you'll find out that it's not really your goal, but it's your parents' goal or your grandparents' goal, goal or a teacher's goal. It's based in what somebody told you you can't have, you can't do, and you can't be. And of course, they have all the facts to back that up, why you can't do it, why you can't have it, why you can't be it. They might even start to tell you how other things are more important in life. But it keeps coming right back down to the fact that you can't. So you have to go with what you know that you can. When you go to what do I really want, you're opening up a completely different dynamic that is based on your ability to fantasize, your ability to imagine, your ability to listen to your heart's desire. When you think about what you really want, you're actually stepping into the process of acknowledging something that's already there. It's a form of acknowledgement. You can't say why you desire something so deeply. It's just there. You, you just want to be it, do it, and have it. Now, there's something important to understand about desire at this level. We are a triune being, meaning that we live on three planes of understanding simultaneously. We're a spiritual being, we live in a physical body, and we're gifted with an intellect. The power within our intellect is the ability for us to choose. Now, what's really interesting about this ability to choose in this discussion is that we're choosing the information that is resonating with our heart's desire that is coming from God or the universe. But not everything that is in the universe resonates with our heart's desire. That desire is unique to each person and is very closely tied with the purpose of why they're here. Unfortunately, many people are taught to believe that the thing that they want is not very important. That what we should focus on is who we're being, how we're giving back to others, what it is that we're doing in our life. we leave out the critical piece of what we want. And what we want is the key to developing our purpose. It's the key to uncovering the higher side of ourself. 
If we don't acknowledge the things that we want, we shut ourselves off from God. If we don't acknowledge the things that we want, no personal or professional growth or spiritual growth is needed because we live the life of sacrifice or we live the life of a martyr because it's all about giving to other people and not about us getting anything in return. We've been taught that the promises of God will come at another time and possibly in another lifetime, but not now. That this should be just a life of sacrifice. So we shut off the side of ourselves that says, what do we really want? Now, if we're just going to give to other people, if we're just going to be something and do something, then there's no growth that is really required to do that. We can be something and do something from the standpoint of where we are right now, based on what we know, based on the facts that we know, and we can give and do to others. It's only when we want something else in return that we don't currently have that forces us to step into a new way of being and a new way of doing. The new way of being and the new way of doing requires us to grow, to be more, in order to do more. So we open up a completely different door to the divine when we do this. If we think about our life's purpose, in order for us to fulfill a divine purpose, we have to grow into that purpose. That purpose unfolds all of our life. What the totality of our purpose is today will probably be very different than it is five or ten years from now based on the amount of growth that we take on for ourselves. But again, there's no purpose in the growth if we don't desire something in return. There must be something that we want that we don't currently have that causes us to step into developing new skill sets, acquiring more knowledge, integrating new ideas, becoming better than we are now. And that's exactly what the intellect is there for. Our intellect is expanding. It's not like the, you know, the little animals that are running around on the earth, it's constantly expanding and growing so that it can take in new information, the intelligence can grow, we're consistently capable of doing more and being more than we were yesterday, and we're also capable of receiving more. In order to do this, we have to step into what's known as the creative process. So you take the idea of what do I really want and you have to apply it to the creative process in order to manifest it into your life. So what does it look like? This is a scientific spiritual process that follows the laws that will actually take your goal and move it from an idea into form. 
How do we do that? Well, the first way is that we have to turn it into a theory. In order to turn it into a theory, we have to put it through a two-question process, and we have to answer those questions correctly in order for it to move. So the first question is, when I know what I really want, we have to answer the question, am I able? If you don't understand the law of polarity and the law of perpetual transmutation of energy, then the idea of am I able is really left to whatever belief system was turned over to you. You have to be able to expand your idea of what is possible in your mind so that you can answer yes to this question. And I challenge you not to move off of the question until you are able to congruently say, yes, I'm able. I'm able based on the understanding of a law that is higher than myself, that is a divine law that's created by the architect of the universe to say that I'm able. Now, hear this. You can say you're able without knowing how. And you don't need to bring how into the question of am I able. They're very, very different. All you have to answer now is, am I able? So based on the law of polarity, which says if you have a desire, if you have an idea, if you have a fantasy, the possibility of the fulfillment of that already exists because you have one side of it in you, and the factual side of it is the opposite side of your desire. So you answer yes. Now you have to move up to the next question, which is, am I willing? This question, in my opinion, is a little bit more difficult. So when you say, am I willing, you're, say, you're saying, am I willing what? Basically, it's to do whatever it takes. Now, what's important to know here is that you don't know what it's going to take. I don't know what it's going to take for you personally. Even if, as a coach, as your mentor, I can give you a solid plan to create wealth if that's what you want to do, what you have to be willing to do with your own personal life is unique to you and you alone. Some people have to do the same things, some people have to make the same changes. Others do not. It all depends what is in your personal life. So again, we're looking for, you have to be able to answer yes to am I willing. You may have to change locations, change jobs, change a business, change where you live. You may have to develop skill sets that you currently haven't developed. You may have to change relationships. You may have to get toxic relationships out of your life. You may have to seek out mentors and coaches. You may have to spend money. Only when you get in there and say yes is it going to be revealed to you step by step as to what it is that you have to do. It's kind of one of the paradoxes of life. You're not going to know until you say yes. Now you have to realize. We're talking about a spiritual, lawful process. 
In no way can you change these laws. There may be some things that you know that you're going to have to be willing to do, but I'll guarantee you you're not going to know everything until you say yes and you start to walk down that road. What does this require if you're, if you're having a struggle with this? It requires that you build faith. You have to have a considerable amount of faith in order to answer this question. So if you're having trouble answering the question, you know you have to begin to work on your faith. Well, faith in what? Faith in the unseen. Faith in a set of laws, which I'm talking about the universal laws or the universal principles or divine laws, whatever you feel comfortable calling it, and that those laws, that higher truth, is going to be your beacon, it's going to be your guide in you not only achieving the goals that you want to achieve, but creating whatever it is that you want to create in this lifetime. When you say yes to am I able and am I willing, instantaneously, the thing that you want becomes a theory. Now, once it becomes theory, the question is, how do we turn it into a fantasy so that it can become a fact? When you take the idea of what it is that you want and you say, yes, I'm able, yes, I'm willing, The next process is to become emotionally involved in that idea. I'll put idea in the middle of the triangle. Idea plus emotion equals fantasy. You're emotionally involved in the idea. Well, what emotion? Love, enthusiasm, passion, excitement, and expectation. When we combine the emotions with the idea, we now have something that we can begin to act on. Action will move it from fantasy to fact. In every creative process, there is a first step. And it's your responsibility to figure out what the first step is. Now, I'll tell you this. If you hire a good coach, which I strongly recommend that you do, you're going to eliminate 99% of the problems that occur psychologically in the creative process because as you start to walk through the creative process, as you begin to walk through the process of achieving your goals, there is a lot of unknowns. Typically, in order to overcome the unknown, we have to decide to do something Measure the result, determine whether that result is taking us closer to the goal or further away, make a correction, 
adapt to that correction, get a different result, measure that result, see if it's taking us closer to the goal or further away, and continue this process over and over again until we actually achieve the goal. Well, if you have somebody who has gone down the road before you, they can tell you 99% of what doesn't work and what does work. So you could take 10 years off the accomplishment of something that is literally lined with landmines, if you will. Anytime a person goes down the road that hasn't been traveled before, it's very easy to get sucked into all kinds of ideas that seem like a good idea at the time, but in retrospect actually didn't work and probably cost us a lot of money and cost us a lot of time. So anything that can help us say, don't do this, do this, is going to allow you to adapt to the process of goal achievement much quicker. And it will allow you to focus on adapting yourself spiritually, psychologically, emotionally, and from any skill set standpoint that you need in order to become very proficient at the thing that you do. It speeds up your learning ability very quickly. Now, of course, that requires that you continue to say yes all the way through the process. If you start resisting or defending or saying no, by law, you will stop exactly where you are. You will make no further progress in the achievement of the goal. The other great thing about putting somebody in place to help guide you is to determine something that we're going to talk about on a later call when we really get into the idea of the terror barrier, but you need to understand where you stop. In other words, where does your emotional trigger begin to stop all progress moving forward? And actually, how to deal with that. All right. You have to address three things. What do you really, really want? Just pick one or two things. And you have to address, am I able and am I willing? Am I able and am I willing? These questions are of such vital importance. You have to realize that if you're one of those people that says, yes, I'm able, yes, I'm willing, and tomorrow you doubt it, then you're not answering the question. You're not actually moving in the creative process. You're actually stopping yourself. You have to be very certain that you're going to answer these questions yes, and you're going to really take a new road for your life. I guarantee you that the results will far outweigh the effort when you get to the other side. And I also understand how scary it can be to step into something that you are really stepping into with a faith that is really based on understanding. The beginning and the understanding of how you work within the divine laws of the universe so that your success can be certain. All kinds of people will tell you, success is not certain. I'm not one of them. Success is absolutely certain 
if you follow the laws. But you have to follow them the way the universe has set them up and not by twisting them into something that makes it more comfortable for you. The great process that you can go through there is learning to be comfortable being uncomfortable. All right, three things. What do I really want? Am I able and am I willing? Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. And if you like what you heard and you want to know more, go to davidnagel.com forward slash free stuff.